0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: It feels like all we talk about lately is prospects, but they are awesome. So let's do it again. Next on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Welcome into FPT in 5. As always, make sure to follow and stream us on Spotify. Today is Tuesday, June 21st. I am Frank Stamfel, joined by Scott White. Let's take a look at that debut by O'Neal Cruz where he went two for four, hit a double, four RBIs, hitting the ball hard. He's throwing the ball hard. What'd you see, Scott? And where might you you put him in the rankings moving forward?
0: Well, we've had a lot to say about O'Neal Cruz's skills already, how hard he impacts the ball, just how special the tools are. But to see them all on display in his his first game, technically not his first big league game because he made a couple appearances down the stretch last year, but the first game anybody took notice of. Um, it was it was you know it was it was exactly what we wanted to see. I mean, he had the first of all defensively, um, maybe a little rough around the edges of shortstop, but he had the hardest throw of any infielder this season. On a, on a play on a routine ground ball early in the game. And then he comes up to the plate with the bases loaded later on and hits a ball 112.9 miles per hour to center field, goes past the center fielder, bases clearing double. He also had a single in the game, four RBI total in his first game of the season. That ball that he hit, 112.9 miles per hour, only... 47 players in all the majors have hit a ball that hard this season. Uh, I believe it was the hardest for any Pirates player this season already, which, by the way, last year he set a stat-cast record in in just the the couple games that he played a stat-cast record for hardest hit ball by a Pirates hitter. So, you know, he hits the ball incredibly hard. Average exit velocity among the top 100 prospects for baseball. America last year was 94 Miles per hour is what they had him for. No one else in the top 100 was 91. I mean, Oof. we're we're talking outlier power potential here from O'Neill Cruz. And by the way, he can also steal bases. So none of these are guarantees of success. At six feet seven, he's going to have a hard time keeping his mechanics consistent, and and he's had contact issues at times in the minors. Anyway, could could be worse than the majors. Could be prohibitive, but like the upside is clearly so high that you have to take a shot on in in all leagues and you know he's, he's been scooped up by now in most but but not all he needs to be picked up everywhere
1: 78% rostered could still be out there in some shallow leagues and let's talk about a few other prospects from Monday Josh Lowe got recalled by the Tampa Bay Rays and since the start of May at AAA he was hitting 299 with six home runs six stolen bases the other name here Jaron Duran who we've mentioned A few times in the past, went two for three with a walk, two steals, has now let off all five games that he has started since being recalled by the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Scott, what do you think of both of these guys, Joshua Lowe and Jaron Duran? Who would you rather have? Well, Lowe might
0: have a clearer opportunity since it looks like Manuel Margo's going on the I.L. for the Rays. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that confident and low to be honest with you. Though he was striking out more than thirty percent of the time at AAA. A, that would be a scary rate in the majors. At AAA, A, it's even worse. And obviously, he didn't show much when we saw him up previously. Jared Duran. I, I mean, I don't know why the Red Sox haven't committed an everyday job to him already. They have plenty of weak points in the outfield, and whenever they do get him in the lineup, they bat him lead off. So that would seem to suggest they think he's better than most of what they have too. I hope this game Monday was was the clincher for him, getting on base three times, stealing two bases. I think if he does stick around, he could be a big help in batting average and especially stolen bases and runs scored.
1: All right, let's take a look at a few bullpens before we wrap up. And we'll start with the Red Sox. Tanner Houck allowed a hit, but picked up his fifth save. He now has each of the last five saves for the Boston Red Sox. He's 70% rostered. And, Scott, I would say, look, any league where you need saves, you should add Tanner Houck because he very clearly seems like the guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he does. I think this is, f- he has each of the last five for the Red Sox now, and yeah. and we haven't seen Alex Cora use any other reliever that consistently in the ninth. I mean, none of them deserved it. So, I think, yeah, I think Houck's claimed the role.
1: For the White Sox, we know Liam Hendricks is on the I.L. Kendall Graveman pitched the eighth inning on Monday, and we all just kind of assumed he was the closer, but it was Joe Kelly who pitched in the ninth, and he picked up his first save of the season. Uh, how are you handling this White Sox bullpen?
0: Well, you said it. I mean, we I, I don't think the White Sox ever said, okay, Graveman's the guy with Liam Hendricks out. We just, he had been consistently the eighth inning guy, so it made sense, uh, but... Because they don't have that established closer now, they might go with the more modern approach of, of using their best reliever in the highest leverage situation, which will usually be the ninth inning, but not always. So maybe that takes the wind out of Graveman's sails. I, I would guess, you know, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a long-term absence for Hendricks anyway. Uh, so I guess don't go crazy for Graveman if you haven't already.
1: Yeah, so we're taking Tanner Hauk over Kendall Graveman, especially if we're thinking long-term as well. For more extensive fantasy baseball coverage, listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your smart speakers, or anywhere else podcasts are found. And thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. We'll be back again tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.